I, I, I say this week because really it's, I don't know what it is with the last few years. Maybe it's always been this way and I'm just starting to notice it this last few years. You just don't know how the weather's going to be from week to week. Like it could be winter this week, next week it could be 70s and we could be thinking spring. Nope, here comes winter again. Or we're in Seattle, Georgia and it's raining for like 45,000 days straight. Look, whoever is praying for rain, listen, one, number one, stop. We're good. Okay, we're good around here. We don't need no more rain. Two, come talk to me because I got a list of stuff you need to be praying for, Jack, because if you can make it rain like that, dude, um, we need to capitalize on that while you're hot, while you got the, the prayer spirit on you, and we can probably change the world in a couple of hours if you can bring that in. Uh, Golly, guys, this is an exciting day today. It's an exciting day today for us as a church. Uh, we're going to dream a little bit, and we're going to uh, talk about some cool stuff that we think God might be doing on our behalf, uh, some cool opportunities that are in front of us. Uh, we started out this year just believing that God had given us a word as a church, that this was a season where we were going to take new ground. And, and it really resonated with my spirit, with the leadership spirit. And I know churches throw out these little phrases sometimes at the beginning of the year, like, this is going to be the year of victory or the year of this or the year of that. And we normally don't do that here at this church. Um, fall of last year kind of felt like God dropped that on my spirit in a prayer meeting that we were having as a leadership team. And it really hasn't gone away. But I tell you what, since that time, we've seen... Victory after victory after victory and door after door after door begin to open up for this church. And we have seen an increase in the presence of God. If you're here and you don't understand what I'm saying when I say the presence of God, that means that we just felt God's power, God's presence, like God was here with us doing stuff in people's lives. Listen, guys, we have seen people healed. We have seen families restored. We have seen broken hearts get healed. We have seen walls come down. We've seen needs met. We've seen people that needed jobs get the jobs that they've needed. We've seen all kinds of awesome stuff happen. God is moving. God is moving. And I don't know that that should take us all by surprise because he's always moving. He's always doing stuff. We serve an awesome God. Amen? Serve an awesome God. So, um... I'm going to make you wait a little bit before we talk about what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, how many of you guys have ever been on a road trip before? You guys like road trips? Now tell me, how many road trip people do we really have in the house? Like you could get in the car right now and just go. Just go. Man, I'm the same way. I've got a bad bug. Some of you are like, no, no. How many of you, like if you're in the car for more than an hour, you're getting claustrophobic and you're ready to get out? There's... There's a few of us. Yeah, um, I, I get that too, I guess. Sometimes when I'm in the car with the kids and they're going nuts, I want to get out too. Uh, but but I, love, I love road trips. I love getting out. I love the adventure of the open road and just seeing new things and, and all of that. And uh, a few years back, I got to do a really cool road trip. Um, I got to drive from here in Georgia all the way up through the states, up through Canada, over into Alaska to take my sister a van because they had just moved to Alaska. And it was cheaper for me to drive it up there than to have them, you know, transport it up there. So I got to go on the ultimate road trip. Yeah. It, was, it was so cool. 
um, it really tested whether or not I love road trips because it was like way, <laughs> way, it was like five, over 5,000 miles of driving. And that's cool if you're like 5,000 5, miles in a Mustang convertible with a top down. I did 5,000 miles in a minivan. <laughs> so I guess it's not as glamorous as it sounds. Uh, but it was fun. And uh, when I think about the trip, though, I was thinking, you know, like it was over 5,000 miles of driving. But when I look back and think about the trip in its entirety, I don't think about the beginning or the end. When I think about the trip that I took, I think about the moments that were there along the way, you know. And I brought some of those moments to show you before we get too far into the morning today. Um, I've got some photos I wanted to show you. Like, I remember stuff like this. Is this working? Oh, heck yeah, it's working today. Um, I remember that my wife went with me for the first part of the trip, and it was just me and her on the open road. And it was just me and her driving through Iowa, driving through Nebraska. And I'm here to tell you there is a junk load of corn in Nebraska. Um, in case you didn't know, like, you'd be driving for 30 minutes. Like, I swear to God, this is still the same cornfield. I don't think I've seen a road break in this thing yet. You know, corn everywhere. Um, so I remember having her to myself on the open road. And I just want to take a moment and say thank you, God for everyone who watched the kids while we were able to go on that trip. You got to thank God for that. You don't take that for granted because you might need someone to watch the kids one day and they're not there. Uh, can I get an amen from the parents? Man, and you know what I mean? You know, hey, babysitters are gold in parent life. I remember she stayed with me, and then uh, from about South Dakota on, I was by myself. I drove up into Montana and over into Canada, and I got to go through the Canadian Rockies on the Alaska Highway. Anybody in here ever been on the Alaska Highway? Dude, you have got to do it before you're, you check out of here and going into You've got to check. It's some of the most beautiful scenery you're ever going to see. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and so I got to drive up. I'm just talking about roads, and you're literally driving through these mountains along just pristine glacier-fed rivers and lakes, and it was just gorgeous. And I remember going through the mountain range, and I was coming across this, around this curve, and it was one of those weird things like you see in the movie sometimes where the mountain actually comes into the road part of the way, so the lanes are like this wide. You know, so I'm going around the mountain that's out in the road, and coming, well, this way, I'm coming around this way, and I look up, and I see this guy in the middle of the road. <laughs> Right there when I come out of the curve, and I'm like, ah, you're big. This doesn't do him justice. That's a stinking big caribou, all right? I let him have the road. I just sat there till he, I honked the horn, and he kind of looked up. He didn't want, he was like, yeah, whatever. And so he, he, he hung out for a little while, and then he went on. But I saw cool wildlife like that, and I got to stay at this really cool uh, lodge that sat on like this glacier-fed lake on this side. The lodge was here, and then the Rockies were over on this side of the road. And it was just like you're in the middle of this mountainous wonderland, and the place was completely off-grid. It was run on diesel generators, which really made it cool for me. I'm like, this is off-grid in the mountains. This is awesome, you know? And I remember I was there that night, and I noticed some really cool light starting to come from behind the mountains, and I thought, well, that's a really really weird looking moonrise and it wasn't before long I got to see some stuff like this creeping over the mountaintops and I got to see the northern lights there and they just put on a show and it was so awesome 
It was like my whole life waiting to see the northern lights, you know, and then boom, there they are. Like, hey, this is awesome. Uh, and they were coming over the mountains and doing their dance. It was just great. I stayed out there till I was numb because it was cold because my sister decided to move at a weird time, and I had to drive the van at a weird time, so it was getting up into um, October when I was making the trip. So it was, oh, dear Lord, God, it's cold, cold there. So... I stayed out there till I couldn't feel my fingers or my nose or my ears or anything because I just wanted to take it all in. Um, I remember leaving there and driving about half a day, and I saw something in the road in the distance, and as I got closer, it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and then I saw a whole bunch of these guys <laughs> just stomping around in the road. So I'm going, and there's like a herd of like 30 or 40 of these tatunkas. Uh, buffalo, bison, whatever you want to call them. They were just there, and I waited, and I let them have the road and do their thing, and then I slowly drove by. Like, I, I drove by, and one was, you can see the breath, you know, because it's so cold, you can see the steam coming out when they're breathing. So I went by, and one was so close to the van, he went like that, and the window went and fogged up. And I was like, you know, you get away from that. It was just really cool. Um, I jumped over into Alaska, and it wasn't, I don't know, probably about six hours after I crossed over, um, I looked over on the side of the road, and just chilling on the side of the road were these guys. Uh, you can't really see them that clear in the picture, because sorry, when I was taking the pictures, I think I was taking them on an iPhone 3, so the camera wasn't like the best then. I don't upgrade my phones very often, um, so... Yeah, two great big grizzly bears. And the little one up front is the lady, the big boy in the back. He had an attitude problem. Um, so he went to the tree line and just stood there and just stared at me. Now, I don't know if you've ever had a grizzly bear just go to a tree line, turn around, and stare at you. You feel like a Lunchable. I ain't going to lie. Like, you feel, <laughs> what is this guy thinking, you know? So I stood there for a little bit, and I got another picture of... The female, now I say she was small. She was small compared to the big one. That, I don't want anything to do with that. So I'm in the van with the window down. I didn't get out. Dude, I didn't even put the van in park. Okay, I, I left it in drive, had my foot on the brake. But I got to, to sit there and watch them for about 10 or 15 minutes doing their thing, just digging around in the ground for whatever they were looking for. It was just really cool, you know. And when I got to Alaska, I got to see views like this. This is not photoshopped. This was taken with a junky old iPhone 3 camera. And I wish the camera could have captured how gorgeous it really was. But you just see mountains like this all along the drive and then all through Alaska. It's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous area. Um, when I think back on it, I think about the moments. And it taught me a lesson when I was on this trip because it's, it's about the journey not the destination. It's about the journey and the memories of the trip along the way and not the destination. If you ask me about that trip, I'm going to tell you about all the cool things that I saw along the way. And you guys would probably agree when you look back on the landscape of your life. If someone were to ask you, hey, um, tell me why you are the way that you are right now or tell me about yourself now. If they let you go long enough, you're not just going to tell them about who you are right now. 
you're going to begin to point back at milestones in your life along the way that help form and shape you and influence you into the person that you are today. Because it's about the journey, not about the destination. We learn stuff along the way. God teaches us lessons, you know. We, we, we go through trials and we go through storms. And God's there to meet us and, and walk us through those processes and show us that he is the God that never fails. He is the God that never leaves us. He is the God that makes a way where there is no way. And, and he, he, we get to see the victories of life, too. And we get to see the faithfulness of God. And it's so interesting to me sometimes how the victories that we experience are usually tied to the struggles that we go, to, go through, you know? Like the mountaintops are great, but you grow in the valley. You grow in the valley. And it's about the journey. It's about this, the experiences that we go through in life. It's not the destination. And I think sometimes we get our hearts and our mindset, especially as Christians, or even if you're, if you're here this morning and you haven't made a decision for Jesus and you wouldn't identify yourself as a Christian, we like to think of ourselves as like something we're shooting for as an end product. Like one day I'm going to be this, and one day I'm going to be that, and, and one day I'm going to be able to read my Bible like uh, Pastor So-and-so, or one day I'm going to be able to look as good as Tony Dunn does, you know, back there in the media center, or one day I'm going to be able to be as sophisticated as, as fill in the blank, you know, one day this, one day that, and we lose sight of the fact that it's not about the destination of what we become, it's about the journey and the process along the way that gets us there. Because you don't become if you're not becoming. Okay? It's about the growth on the in-between. That's where the magic is. That's where God moves. So you have the vision of who you're becoming and the vision of what is to be and the vision of, of your hopes and your dreams and your desires. But God works today. God's growing us today. And I want to encourage you this morning not to get frustrated because you might not be where you want to be in life. God's getting you there one day at a time. It's about the journey, not the destination. Amen? Um, our church has, uh, has been on a journey, and our church, our church is on a journey right now. It's been going for a long, long time. Long, 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 long time. A couple of weeks ago, we found out that this church was started in, I believe it was 1954. you think I would know. 1954, this church was founded, started. And, uh, man, we've seen a lot through the years. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about that, and we talked about how it was important to remember the victories of the past and remember what God had done. And we talked about... How, like, you, I don't know if you guys, you know, the ones of you guys that were here, we stopped for the service for a little while, and we had everybody stand up just to show how long they had been coming to the church and had people sit down once we hit mile markers, you know, in, in the years. And we had some people that sat down because they hadn't been at the church for longer than five years and some that longer than ten. And towards the end, we had people standing that had been at this church for 18 and 20 years, 20 years plus, you know. Um, multiple generations of people in this church who have seen different parts of the journey that we're on as a church. Great victories, struggles, trials. Guys, we've been through some stuff as a church. We've been through some stuff as a church. But am I telling the truth when I say this? That God has never failed us? 
God has never forsaken us. God has never let us down. And God has always dropped every giant that has ever stood in front of us as we try to do what God has called us to do. Amen? He always has because He's always faithful. Um, he's always true to His Word. If I were to say, you know, just to show the generations in the church, if I were to say Revelation to Calvary this morning, how many of you would know what I'm talking about? Let me see a hand. Okay, that's less than half the people here would understand what Revelation to Calvary was. Revelation to Calvary was a, a play production that was done at this church um, the late what late 90s going into the 2000s right in there um, and it was a it was a really awesome outreach and we saw hundreds and hundreds multiple thousands I think people come to know the Lord through that and it was great it was a great victory during that time it was really cool to see the things that God did you know but that happened because the people that were there rose to the occasion and paid the price and made the sacrifice because that didn't happen by accident there was a lot of work that went into that to make it happen and because everybody stepped in and did what was needed to be done, man, we saw, we saw a lot of people impacted by uh, the presence of God. Hurricane Katrina, y'all remember Hurricane Katrina? Hurricane Katrina was a big ministry moment for our church. Um, at one point, well, we were a hub um, that was networking with well over 100 churches in the local area to help provide food, clothing, um, housing, and other material needs and goods to people who were displaced by Hurricane Katrina. And uh, we were putting people in homes and giving them supplies faster than the government could. I'm telling you, when the body of Christ gets together, can't nothing touch it. That's how the church is supposed to operate. You know? um, uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. And if I say Glory Hill, how many of you are going to know what I mean when I say Glory Hill? Glory Hill was a church that we actually had to share a facility with for a couple of years because we kind of went like a nomadic tribe of a church. We went homeless for a little while, um, moved from a location, and, uh, and then had to find a home with a different church for a while. And it was, it was really awesome to see another church open up their building to a church. That's just the way the body of Christ is supposed to operate. Um, and we, we ministered there for a couple of years. They called it Glory Hill for a reason, though. Because it was up on a hill. Y'all remember this? They called it a hill. It's kind of a small mountain. I ain't going to lie. Like, and you couldn't get there easily depending on what direction you were coming from. You got, I'll paint the picture. So you, you went down Fairburn Road and like you would have to pass by the church. You'd be driving like, oh, there's church. You have to keep driving and then turn around and then come back so that you could go into the church because of how the road was set up. And then you had to drop your car down into low gear and pray you didn't burn your transmission up going up the mountain. You know, it was insane. Thank God we made it up the hill this morning. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting season, <laughs> to say the least. But God was faithful. God provided. And God opened the door from there for us to get into the facility that we're in now. And it was really cool because when the then pastor, uh, Roland, uh, presented the opportunity to the church... Um, I think we needed to raise about $18,000 to make it happen. We had to come in here and gut this place and, and put up all the walls that you see right now and redo the bathrooms. And there's a lot of sacrificial giving and a lot of work that went into this place by a lot of amazing people that had a heart to serve and a heart to give that allowed us to be able to meet in the facility that we're in today. 
because we're on a journey, one step at a time. God's leading us from place to place. And I'm so grateful for everyone that did everything to put us in this place. You know, it's, it's not the, the, the best, most looking, greatest looking place, but I tell you what, it's, it's ours, it's home. And I tell you what, we've seen a lot of lives changed here. We've seen a lot of lives changed here. A lot of your lives were changed here. But it wouldn't happen without the work and the service of the people that came before us to make it happen, you know. Um, Now we've got an opportunity to consider what might be the next step in that journey. Um, This is a great place. It's a great facility. There's some limitations that we've been working around for a while here. Um, Guys, I'll just come out and say it, um, because I know a lot of you guys are here specifically for this today. We've got an opportunity, and I say an opportunity because we still need to decide as a church what we want to do with this opportunity. We've got an opportunity to um, potentially make a move to a different facility if we want to. Um, a lot more room. A lot more room. Um, it, it, it was interesting because we have been softly looking. I'll, I'll give you a short version of the story. We're going to talk about it more over the next few weeks. But um, we've been softly looking for a different location, different facilities that might be able to give us room to grow into it. Because you know, we're tapped out on space around here, specifically for our children's ministry. We need classrooms for our children's ministries. We need places for them to meet. And we've, we've converted office, what used to be office space, into classrooms for them to use. And now we're looking at, like, the last available room that we have back here is an office area, the conference room. We were looking at um, ways to convert that and change it into usable space for the children's ministry to be able to have extra room to, to move forward. Um, and so we've been looking around, looking around, looking around, and then... A building came available across town, and suddenly everybody started calling me about it. Hey, have you seen that so-and-so building is for sale? you seen that so-and-so building is for sale? No, didn't know that. So I called them, and I talked to uh, the agent, and I said, Hey, heard this place was for sale, saw the for sale sign. Um, we might be interested in at least looking at it. What do you think? And he said, No, nope, it's under contract. Sorry. And I was like, Well, okay. Well, if something changes, give me a call. A few weeks later, something changed, and he gave me a call. So we went and looked at it just to kind of go through and check it out. And it, it's got some potential, guys. Um, I want to show you some photos that we have. Um, if nothing else, what, what is appealing to me about this place, and what, the place that I'm talking about is the, um, it now would be the old Vineyard Church building that's on Highway 5 here in Douglasville. Um, they decided to move from that facility to do their services at a different location because they no longer needed anything that big, and so they put it up on the market to, to try to sell it and then move on and do what they felt like God was calling them to do. But what's really cool about this place, uh, it's, it's going to need some work. We're going to have to do a little bit of renovation. It's a little dated in some areas. It worked for them the way that it was. I don't think it'll work for us the way that it is, so we're going to if we decide to do this, we'll make some changes. But one thing that's really cool about this place is 
you got a bathroom there. And you got bathrooms here. Okay, and what's really cool about the bathrooms that are here and there is that some of those bathrooms are kind of like what we got here where you can just go in and it's like a, a one-person a one person show and you go in and do your business and then you leave. And then we've got bathrooms that more than one person can go into. So we can have bathroom parties if we want to, <laughs> if we decide to do that. Um, so ladies, you can fulfill whatever that desire inside of you to go to bathrooms together. I don't understand that. But I know y'all got each other's backs when you go in for some reason. So, hey, um, I don't know. There's, there have been times when I was in the bathroom that I wished I had someone to pray for me. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Um, so there's... It's been a long week. I, I, can't tell you, I can't tell you how guarded I can be on what comes out of this thing today. So anyway, um, it, it's got some bathrooms. As you can see, there's radical changes in the colors in this place. So if, if we decide, and I keep saying if because we need to, we'll have to put this to a vote um, in a couple of weeks, um, a membership vote to make sure that this is something that we've, we feel like is, is a move that we're going to want to make. And if not, it's no big deal. God's got something else out there for us if this isn't it. Okay? Um, but this is the first time I felt comfortable bringing something up in front of you. So another cool thing about this place is that it's got classrooms, and it's got a, a neat little nursery area that's got a lot of potential. Um, we're going to do a field trip after service today, for those of you that want to, to go over to this place and look at it. Everybody's welcome to come. I've arranged for the building to be open for us after service to run over there and give everyone an opportunity to just walk through, look at the bathrooms, <laughs> see, see, just be reminded of what it looks like for a church to have more than... One bathroom uh, for each uh, gender. So, um, so it's got classrooms. It gives us some of these classrooms are very large too, and they might be able to be divided into two classrooms. Um, and they're large. They uh, they give us room to probably use the ex existing space, and would give us room to expand as the ministries grow in the church. It gives us room to to grow into. Um, one cool thing about this is that not, that not only does it give us extra room for the children's classes, because, look, our next generation is important. Yeah. It's important. It's important to me as a pastor. I know it's important to you as a church. Someone asked me the other day, hey, what, do you, what would you say are the most important ministries of your church? I would say, without a doubt, our children and our student ministries, the most important ministries we do as a church, because we have to invest in our next generation top priority so we want to make sure that we're giving them uh, usable space in whatever building to, to operate in this is why this comes into being a really cool area in the building um, this is not the sanctuary of the building this is uh, a different large room in the building uh, I kind of like the way the floor looks it's pretty neat it's kind of it's unfinished so it kind of has a warehouse look which is perfect for a student ministry. Um, it could be perfect for our children to use in larger events and figure out a way to, to make that work. This room by itself is, I couldn't get a straight number and I really haven't put a tape on it personally to measure it, but um, I've heard that it, it sits somewhere between 1,800 and 2,000 square feet right in there of space, uh, maybe a little bit bigger. 
Um, so it's quite a big area, and there's a little kitchen thing set up over there um, for whoever. So it could be a multi-purpose room, potentially. Uh, a lot of cool things we could do with it when the time comes if we decide we want to uh, pull the trigger and, and make this place home for a little while. Um, this is a picture of the current sanctuary. They have it set up to their style. Um, not everybody's style is everybody else's style. And, uh, but it's a big open area. It's a little dated in my opinion, but it worked for them. And uh, decent stage area. If we decided to make this place home, we would do some major changes in there um, with color scheme and the, the drop ceiling and with the stage. It would look very different, but I'm showing you available space in the building right now. Um, we would probably consider changing the footprint of the building just a little bit. Um, there's also, they've got an office space uh, in the building set up kind of at the entry. You'll see this if you decide to go with us over there later. You'll see all of this. Um, we, would probably, uh, we would probably turn that into the entry for your area and convert it from an office area and take out some walls um, because it would provide better flow and allow us to redo the sanctuary to a way that's a little more, um, I don't know, it'd, it'd be more friendly to how we do services, I'll say that. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of potential there with the place, a lot of available space. There's a lot of rooms that I haven't shown you. Um, we might show you in the, or I say we will show you in the meeting that we're going to have in a couple of weeks when we take a vote on this to decide if this is something we want to go to. Um, this building has roughly twice as much square footage as we, we've got right now. Um, maybe a little over twice as much on square footage and available space. So it would be more room, more classrooms, uh, more ministry areas. Um, this building, if we decided to pull the trigger on it, would dramatically lower our monthly overhead as a church. Um, <clears throat> uh, just rough numbers that we've gotten back from the bank and I'll, I'll tell you guys this we'll talk over this in more detail in the business meeting that we're going to have um, this is probably going to make somewhere between a, a, a 16 to a high $17,000 difference in um, where we allocate finances in a year we're going to be saving that much money by buying versus what we pay here for our two units that we rent here as a church. So that's attractive. Um, so we've been praying a lot on that. Um, there's a cell tower on the back of the property that would come with the property. You guys will see that when we go over there if you decide to go. Um, there's uh, an agreement, there a contract on that that comes up for renegotiation in a few years. Um, when that time comes, that could be a potential source of income for the church. Uh, that's also very attractive. Now, you never know how those things are going to play out. Cell phone companies could say, we don't want to use it anymore, but they just spent a ton of money upgrading everything on it over the last month. There's six carriers, six or seven carriers using it currently right now. Uh, so it's a high-traffic cell tower um, that would be ours and could potentially provide income uh, down the road, it wouldn't do it immediately, but down the road, it could bring some money in. So all those things are, are pretty, pretty, 
pretty attractive um, pluses. The downside is the building would need a little bit of work. It's going to need some renovation. You guys will see that it needs to be painted on the outside. It's kind of rough looking. doesn't have a lot of curb appeal right now, but uh, we've got some great contractors that can do some great work when the time comes, if the time comes, and we can make it look like us um, when the time comes, if it does. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I need to tell you. Here's a cool story about this. Uh, if y'all want to give me five more minutes before we get ready to head over there. Um, we were investigating, because they, they don't give these things away for free. Um, and while it would be cheaper, you have to have these things called down payments. <laughs> and I don't know if you've driven through like a really nice neighborhood and thought, wow, that house looks really cool. I'd love to get that. But you don't think about, hey, that $300,000 house takes a pretty big down payment to be able to secure financing. So we, we knocked on doors at, at some financial institutions, and we got uh, info from some. We got turned down by some, and that's just a whole long story in and of itself that I don't even want to get into. Um, and uh, started talking to a local bank over here that deals with churches, and one of the few banks, actually, that will still deal with the church. And started talking with them, and we saw the down payment for this thing go from about $107,000 down to, through the, the course of talking and, and figuring things out, down to $86,000. And we had people um, that we talked to to say, hey, if we get this, can you commit to, you know, would you commit to X, Y, or Z to make this happen? And people said, yeah, 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 yeah. And we had uh, commitments come in that would cover that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is amazing. But we would owe some people some payback on some of it. And, and then they, they kind of pulled out in the process, and then we had some other people come in, you know, because this had been a process that we've been involved in looking at this particular building since about mid-September of last year. Um, so we've kind of been slow-stepping this and, and praying and hem-hawing on it and trying to figure out if it might be a, a deal for us. We saw the down payment go from uh, 86 down to, um, I think it was around 65 is what it was going to become. Um, and then the bank decided, it, they said, hey, I tell you what, um, a lot of, I, I've never heard of anything like this before because I had the president of the, or the guy that oversees the lending tell me 25% is what we do for churches on stuff like this, on commercial stuff. Okay, no problem, 25% down. Then I talked to the, his subordinate right under him and she goes, no, nah, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to do 20% down if you guys decide to do this. Really? Okay, so we went from 25% down to 20%. Um, the, the Vineyard Church that we've been talking to, got to know the pastor a little bit and found out I had some history with the, the selling agent because I went to high school with a guy that married his daughter, so small world, right? Um, <laughs> small world. Uh, so uh, talking with them and the Vineyard Church said, listen, this, we, this is what we want to do. Um, we're willing to come in and do secondary financing on, on this uh, project with you to help you get it. Um, they said if you can go to the bank and you can get approval for even up to this amount of money, um, we would come in and finance the rest of it as a secondary option. So you would pay the bank X amount and you would pay us X amount, two notes, 
but your overall payment for the building would be the same. We're just trying to help you get in the door so that you can walk into this facility if you want to. So, so okay. So we saw the payment drop down uh, to around $50,000. So we were just making sure that we had commitments, still being commitments and things secured. And I was walking around with a contractor the other day looking at the building and they overheard our conversation and we're saying we were just kind of dreaming a little bit. So if we, if we get this, it would be neat to change this and change that and maybe we could do this or do that. And I heard a little bit about the vision uh, that we had. And, and so they, they called us back, or they called me back uh, later in the week and said, hey, look, we heard what you guys were talking about. Let's just wait and let's see what happens with this. If you guys are able to get approved for the full amount, here's what we're willing to do. We will be willing to come in um, through secondary financing. If y'all can get approved by the bank for the full amount, we would be a secondary in financing to the down payment on the building for you. I said, what? So I said, okay, <laughs> let's start praying. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe there's something to this because we just kept knocking on doors and, and every time one would open, we would keep walking through, you know, and it's, like I said, it's a journey, you know, it's a journey, this whole thing. And so um, we got notification from the bank that we have, and this is very important, pre-approval for the entire amount that would be needed to finance the building. Spoke to the bank and I said, "Listen, I want to be sure that that I'm I'm hearing all this so correctly. So you guys would be comfortable in a secondary financing situation um, where we're approved for the entire amount. If Vineyard Church came in and did secondary financing on the down payment, I want to make sure that I'm hearing you right. We have approval to be able to walk into this building with no down payment if we want to." And he goes, "Yes." If you guys don't come to the table with any down payment um, from commitments or, or whatever because of the secondary, you guys could walk into this with no down payment. So that's a big deal. Now, there's, there's still some things that would need to happen. We're not there yet. Um, they have to do, the bank has to do appraisals, and they have to go you know, do all their little things. And... Uh, and we had to continue to pray about it because um, at the end of the day, look, this is just a building. It may not be the building. Yeah. We want to make sure that we're hearing from God and we're taking the steps that we need to. It's definitely been a learning experience for me um, going through this and, and learning how this world works. So it's been pretty neat. Um, so here's where we're at. We have an opportunity at least to maybe walk into this building uh, with no down payment. And maybe this could be a place that we set roots for the next few years or not. We still have to decide that. So in part of that decision-making process, I'd love to have as many of you as would like to go over there with me and just walk through the building. Maybe pray a little bit if you want to um, and, and see, what it, see, if it, see if it clicks with your spirit, um, especially if you're a member. Because what we will do is we're going to come back and we're going to have a special business meeting on February, listen to this date now because it's important. We've had a lot of dates thrown at you over the last couple of weeks because we've had to adjust the day of this meeting, partly because we were waiting on information that was coming from the bank and things. That, I don't know how it works in your life, 
but the wheels never turn fast enough when I'm waiting on stuff, you know, so we've, we've had to wait a little bit. Um, but we've got the information that we need to make us feel comfortable with bringing it to you guys. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a special business meeting for the members. And if you're an attender of LifePoint Church, you are welcome to be at that meeting to audit it and to listen to what's happening and be a part of the vision. You just won't be able to vote as a member. You have to be a member of the church to vote. But you're welcome to attend the meeting that will be after service on February 10th. Okay, February 10th. Um, we were going to try to make it happen next week, but then um, we, we discovered and rediscovered that the way our constitution and bylaws are set up, we are required to set a date and then give two weeks' notice um, about the meeting that will happen on that date. So we want to make sure that we're doing this correctly. We want to make sure that when we have a vote that it's a legal vote and that, you know, that we're following the guidelines and doing what we need to do. Um, so the vote would be on February 10th, so two weeks, which is crazy because we're going to have our annual business meeting two weeks after that on the 24th. So we're going to have a, a whole lot of business in the month of February, um, which is exciting though, right? Yeah. This is good stuff to be able to talk about. Now in this meeting, listen... I know I have not given you a lot of detailed information about this. We're going to cover a lot of detailed information in that business meeting. Um, I want to give you all the information that you feel like you need to have on it. Um, we'll have you know contract available. We'll have more photos. We'll have you know, any question that you've got. We'll we'll do our best to be able to answer it, so that we can make a well-informed decision as a church body on what we want to do because this may not be the place i'll say it again this may not be the place i'm not going to be the guy that gets up here and hypes and casts a ton of vision to try to sway you one way or the other what i'm going to do is say this is an opportunity that we have it looks good some cool stuff is happening to make it available for us i mean when do you ever hear of being able to walk into something like this with no down payment because somebody wants you to have it bad enough to keep that facility a church you know that's that's that could be something really cool so that's got my attention. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, so we'll have the vote, and then if we decide we want to get this facility, we'll finish the process, and however long it takes to close, we'll close. We have some hoops to jump through that we'll talk about in the business meeting um, to get us to that point because there's a lot of renovation that we want to be able to do. We're going to turn into a fundraising, let's make the vision happen machine around here if we decide to do this. Um, because we want to make this place a place that unchurched people would want to attend. Amen? Not what we're comfortable with, but something that is going to help us reach the next generation and to reach this, this community around us. Um, it's also located in a cool place. I'll shut up here in a second. They're, they're opening the doors for us at 12, so people are usually late, so I'm doing this on purpose to give them time to get there and actually open this. Um, at least in my experience, I'm giving them a few extra minutes so we're not all sitting there going, where are they at? You know, don't want that. Um, it's located next to a park with plenty of football fields, baseball fields, all kind of stuff that we'd be able to utilize. Like, we could look out from the parking lot of the building and see them. They're that close. So great outreach potential um, for us. It's located next to a couple of schools. That helps, too. A lot of neighborhoods around uh, will give us a great opportunity to reach those families there. And here's one thing that's really neat to me is that there's not 
800 churches within a stone's throw of the place. That's nice. Because if you walk out in this parking lot, I think you can see like four or five churches from here. Okay? That's a lot of churches. Okay? And uh, not that there's any, I don't know if there's any, I guess, I don't know. I'm going to step out and say there's probably a whole lot wrong with that. Um, but it would put us in a place where there's not as much, I don't want to say competition, but in a place where we would have a better chance at reaching people and not dividing the efforts of a lot of churches. Makes sense? Which I think is a, a better way to say it. So a uh, lot, of, lot of opportunity there. So what I'm going to do is this. I know this is a different kind of service. If you're a guest here today, let me say this. Um, this is a different service where we're talking about something that's very exciting to us as a church. I know it might not be exciting to you uh, because um, you've been on your journey, and we're bringing you in today on part of our journey. Um, I, I just say your family, uh, come along the journey with us if you want to. I, I would invite you to come back. Um, today is just a different kind of service for us here at LifePoint uh, because I needed to be able to get this information out to as many people as possible today. So um, come back, hang out with us, get to know our church, get, to, get a feel for what God is doing. I can tell you this, God is moving in this church. And this isn't a church where we just say God is moving and we're content with it being what's happening here in the building. We want to see this community impacted for Jesus Christ. We want to do our part to help the other churches that are doing their part to reach this community. Because um, there's a whole lot more people to reach than we can reach on our own. But if we do our part, that's a good thing. And that's what we want to do. We're all about investing in and reaching our community. Uh, so if you're a guest here today, uh, come back. Hang out with us. We're glad you're here. I'd love to talk to you for a few moments after the service is over. Um, but I wanted to just say that because I don't want you to feel alienated because uh, you might connected necessarily to what's happening here. Is my mic clipping a little bit? Yeah. Is it? It's like a bad kung fu movie. I, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, we'll let this ride for, if it does it real bad, we'll switch up, but I'll, I'll let this ride for a second because uh, we're just about done. So what we're going to do is this. I'm going to put an address up on the screen. Um, go ahead. This is the address for the building. It's right down Highway 5. It's about, depending on traffic, 10 or 15 minutes from here, about seven, not quite eight miles from here. Um, what we would like to have you do, if you want to, I know you may have commitments that might make it not a thing for you. you know, uh, we'd like for you to go with us over there and just check out the facility, walk around, um, look at all the potential for change on the outside. I'll say that because it looks a little rough on the outside. I don't like the color. We would change that. Um, look at all the potential for change on the inside. What you're going to see this morning won't be what we walk into first service there. If we decide to do this, we'll do some changing along the way. And we'll have to deal with architects, look at blueprints and all that fun, fancy stuff to figure it all out. When that time comes, when we get to that step, we're just not there yet. We're going to go look at it, pray a little bit, let you guys wander around. Um, I would ask this, uh, don't start any fires. Don't put any holes in the walls, okay? If you have a child that you're going to bring with you, that's absolutely fine. All we ask is that you keep a close eye on your child, okay? Uh, if you have a child is the kind of kid that likes to pull fire alarms and stick things in light sockets and uh, fix toilets so that they run and, and call. If you got one of those kind of kids, keep a really good look and a really good eye on that kid, all right? But keep your kids under control. We can all go over there as a family and check it out. And uh, 
um, and, and just see. Sound good? So here's 